Hey, and welcome back to Sunday Replay. My name is Jace, and this week we are talking about breathing into our call. So here's Pastor Mark. What a glorious morning it is today. Yes, yes, indeed, harmony. So on this day, let us breathe. What do you say to that? All right. In our current sermon series, which we started last week, we are centering ourselves to breathe in truth by refreshing our spirits in God's affirming words and loving words. We are to breathe out prayer uh, by releasing our stress with calming, breath-oriented prayers. And we are to breathe deeply of God's love and mercy discovering why and how every breath can be an invitation for peace. So Harmony Faith community, let us breathe the Spirit together. Amen? Amen. So this morning's message is breathing into our call. And before I delve into today's scripture passage that we're going to focus on, I'd like to begin by telling you a true story. So back in the 1970s, There was this young man, he was all of 18 years of age, and he was attending college, and in one semester he decided, you know what, it's time I'm going to drop out. So, now this wasn't an easy decision that he made, but he decided this is something he had to do because he needed to follow his passion. He needed to follow what he called his intuition. And so the young man then began exploring different paths, which he then stumbled upon a calligraphy class. Now, what intrigued him here was the artistry of the letter forms. And so he decided that he needed, he had to enroll because he felt a calling. He felt a calling on his heart and in his heart. And here's where then he learned about topography and spacing and aesthetic principles of design. And this young man also during this time was practicing meditation. And he continued to do this throughout his life. And he found meditation to be a source of creativity as well as a source of clarity. And this, when he, well, I would say what helped him in his hearing of the call, and as he said, any call, it was the idea of calmly breathing into the moment. And by doing so, it would ultimately be transformative. And it was not only for him. This was for the entire world. In a commencement address that he delivered to Stanford University graduates in 2005, this now mature man, well, this is, he told the university graduates that by following his call to enroll in what seemed like a random class, the dots began to connect for a bigger call in his future. You see, That particular class turned out to be a key influence in the design choices that he would later make in the co-founding of a little company known as Apple. Steve Jobs had no idea how calligraphy would come in handy, but he did feel a tug on his heart, and he felt a spirited breath in that moment of his young life to follow what would end up playing a very crucial role in the shaping of the visual appeal of Apple products. And friends, it is a true testament, a true testament to how life's unexpected calls, even in the form of a calligraphy call, 
can lead to something unforeseen as well as marvelously wonderful. Well, earlier, we heard the words written in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9, in which the source of all life gives us breath and also gives breath into a divine call. Well, in the first of four is what is known as the servant songs in this book of Isaiah. There are two, um, I would say, scenes, two sections. The first describes the work of the servant, and the second reminds us that the people have a calling. They remind them of their calling. So in Isaiah 42 passage, who's the servant? Well, some scholarly interpretations, they consider it to be a historical figure like Cyrus. And Cyrus was a Persian king, and he allowed Israel to return from exile and to rebuild the temple. Now, you got other scholars, and they believe that, well, <coughs> Isaiah is referring to Israel itself. And they think that because they lean on Isaiah chapter 49, in which it states, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. And the scripture passage there further focuses on the servant's mission and how the people and children of Zion, they're going to be brought back. But then, of course, from the Gospel of Matthew, we have that author's take in which that's what we roll with. And that Isaiah was writing about the life and prophecy and ministry of Jesus. And you can check that out, references in Matthew chapter 12, verses 17 through 21. Well, I like what uh, Paul David Hansen. Now, Paul is a, uh, was an American biblical scholar for 40 years over at Harvard Divinity School, and he spoke about and wrote about Isaiah 42, and this is what he said, and it's not a reference to a historical figure or community, but it is a catalyst for reflection on the nature of the response demanded for those who have received a call from God. Now, with Isaiah 42, we should consider this passage in the context of answering a divine call and integrating the concept of breathing into that call. Here is my servant. That's what God says at the beginning in verse 1. And then halfway through, here are you. Here are you. Now, this call I'm talking about, it's not just about Jesus. This isn't about people like me as a clergy. We're not talking about people just in ministry positions. No, this call is for all of us following the Christ. Faith community, the divine spirit is with each of us, upholding and guiding you in your chosen path. Yet, on our chosen paths and our chosen calls, which are all different, we are all still held to a divine standard, to uphold justice and truth in our actions. And as verse 3 reminds us, a bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. And this is how we are to approach our life's call, with a commitment to preserve and restore what is fragile and what is vulnerable, to breathe into our call by embracing gentleness and justice and humility. And folks, that's, that's not really easy. We're certainly learning what not to do by example and actions of certain politicians and others of similar ilk. Breathing into our call means we protect that and who is weak until they, it, 
are strong enough to stand on their own, that we keep our tender hands cupped around a struggling flame until it can burn on its own. It is then in the second set of the verses, and that's five through nine, we were reminded what a gift creation is. Ah, oh, it is. This is This is, thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. Friends, there is relationship here. Now, I'm not just talking about any relationship. It is a right relationship, a right relationship between humanity and God. It's a relationship in which we trust, we trust in the creator who gives breath and life. It is a relationship recognizing the true source of our strength and our guidance, and it is a relationship in which we breathe deeply as we receive the guidance of God. And then I'm going to take a snippet, just snippet, from verse 6 and verse 8, and it says, I am the Lord, I called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, and I am the Lord, that is my name. How open are you to God's call? Hmm? How open are you to Spirit's guidance? How open are you to allow the Lord to take your hand and lead you in righteousness? I ask this because the call itself, it presents some challenges. (laughs) Following a call like this one can be, oh, so uncomfortable at times. Following such a call can lead us into some places that we we never dreamed of. And in the thought of following such a call, we may hold our breath. Oh, yeah. In the holding of our breath, what does that feel like? What does that feel like, Tommy? What does it feel like? Do you suddenly, your, your, the muscles in your chest and your throat, do they all tense up when you hold your breath? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe even right now, that's what's happening as I'm talking about it. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it now. Right? Do you feel your heart, heart rate increasing a little bit? Maybe your body freezing? I saw Chris right there freezing, right? Well, Even though we have been gifted and we've been given breath by God, hey, look, I'm going to admit there are times, folks, when I hold my breath. And sometimes that happens whenever a big change is coming. I just hold my breath like it's part of a tantrum. I just, if I hold my breath and I stomp my feet, it's going to go away. It's going to go away for sure. How do you think that turns out? Right? We may hold our breath when we're stepping into the unknown. We may hold our breath because we've been told, don't you dare explore beyond the boundaries that we've determined for you. Oh, yeah, isn't it nice when people, they determine your own limitations? Yes. That's your lot in life, by the way. Or we may hold our breath when it goes against the norm. And, of course, these are just a few of the myriad of reasons that I'm talking about. Siblings in Christ, just as our new members were reminded this morning when they were joining the church, and the same applies to us on our journey... By entering life into the Christian community, our call is to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they may present themselves. Rather than holding our breath, when we breathe into the call, 
this leads to a courageous response to the gospel. Giving up something in order to bring the good news to this broken and hurting world. And here is where we allow the Lord to take our hand and we breathe. Acknowledging God is the ultimate source of our call and our purpose. Trusting that our actions grounded in righteousness can be a source of light and love for others. Well, this also, I was reflecting on this, this also ties into the scripture passage from the gospel according to Mark chapter 2, verses 14 through 20. And this is where Jesus, he's, he's coming to Galilee and he's announcing the good news. And so he later, he's then calling over to Simon and Andrew and he looks over to James and John, that's Zebedee's songs, and he says, come, follow me. And they received a call, a divine call, a call to follow and a divine call to change their hearts and their lives, to trust in this good news, and to follow the one that they're going to be calling the Lord, the Messiah, right? Well, these four, and they're later joined by eight more that are going to be disciples. They didn't really make a hully-gully decision, do you think? Like, hey, you know that dude? He's calling us to follow him. So let's just drop our fishing nets and let's go. Bye, Dad. Think that was a hully-gully decision on their part? No. I was thinking about it that I think that they had to have heard about Jesus. That's the interesting thing about the Gospel of Mark, folks. You know, there's a lot of stuff you get to put in in between. I think they had to heard about Jesus. I think that they may have even seen Jesus in action with others. And very importantly, I think and believe that they had to have breathed into this moment of recognition and response, breathing into the purpose and the direction to walk in the path of this call. It wasn't a happenstance, hully-gully decision on their part. When the context of breathing into the call in our lives, it involves paying attention to a sense of purpose or direction that feels meaningful. In the paying attention, breath awareness can be invaluable. When you're attuned to your breath, it can serve as a tool of self-reflection and mindfulness, and it can help you connect to your inner self and discern the subtle signs, and they're oh so subtle sometimes, or the intuitions that may guide you toward your calling. Conscious breathing can help calm the mind, and reduce the mental chatter. I sometimes call that chatter the chatter of the monkeys. And when I'm consciously breathing and I choose to not respond to the monkeys, I'm able to have better clarity of mind. Focusing on your breath brings you into the present moment. And when you are fully present, friends, you are then more likely to notice those signals, those opportunities that are aligning to your calling, whether they come from within or they're from external sources. And I'm going to give you one more. Deep, intentional breathing can reduce stress levels, creating a mental and emotional and spiritual space for introspection and openness to your life's purpose. So I'm going to close my message with this quote by Eckhart Tolle, 
Be aware of your breathing. Notice how this takes attention away from your thinking and creates space. Friends, let us create space in our lives to hear God's call. Let us breathe into that call and let us breathe in truth, breathe out prayer, and breathe in deeply of God's love and mercy. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's time for the Sunday Replay Halftime Show, where every week we take just a few moments to reflect and discuss some of the opportunities that we have to engage with the faith community every week. First, I wanted to share that the LA Homeless Count is coming up on January 23rd, and this is a really good opportunity for us to engage with our neighbors. It's a really simple act of going through the community in a group to count the individuals living with houselessness, and then the city uses that information to allocate resources to better serve those individuals. So it's so important, and it is an act of showing love for our neighbors. So this event is on January 23rd at 8 p.m., and if you're interested in participating, you want to learn more or you want to sign up, you can contact Pastor Mark, that's M-A-R-K at hollywoodumc.org. Also, Pastor Mark is going to be leading a new Bible study this winter, and it's a study of the Gospel of Mark. It's launching on February 8th at 7 p.m., and then we'll go on for six different sessions, and we would really encourage you to participate if you're interested in learning more about Jesus' life. You can contact Pastor Mark for more information or to get the info for the gatherings, which are hybrid in person and online. And there's just a very brief amount of pre-session session reading that you'll want to do if you're going to participate. So again, contact Pastor Mark for more information about that. This week on the Harmony Podcast Network, we have a new episode of Our Story, the podcast. And speaking of the network, this week's Our Story segment is with the producer of Our Harmony Podcast Network, Donna Miller. So here's Pastor Mark and Donna. Uh, our story conversation with Donna Miller. She has decided to step away from the production desk and, and come up here to join me. You a little nervous? A little bit. Just a little bit. A little. It's, I, I promise it's going to be fine. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's the hot seat. It well, feels like it. Yeah, does I it? I can feel the heat. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Now you're feeling what everybody else feels, right? <laughs> a little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Donna is our AV uh, and content director here at Harmony Toluca Lake. It is such a blessing. I get to work with Donna uh, each and every Sunday, but also with social media. We're having a great time, especially Harmony Podcast Network. Yeah, exactly. The, the Harmony Podcast Network has uh, been going strong now for a few months. We've yeah. got four, is that right? Four different, well, three different podcasts, but one has two yes. flavors. Yeah. So it is. We're having a lot of fun. And uh, we'll be pushing that. And hopefully you, you listen to these. They are really, they're really good. Yeah, please go check them out. Yeah, so Gaddison's coming up. Yes, so we're going to have fun with that one this week. This month is Gaddison's episode That's right, that's right. This is coming up this Wednesday. That's right. All right, so shifting now to you. Yeah, because I know you probably prefer shifting it away from you, right? right. (laughs) It's fine. So these moments, just so everybody understands, that our story conversation is about talking with someone here in the faith community about their faith journey. And each person, if you've been a part of these, you know they are unique and also very interesting. Well, I promise you an interesting story today. So, all right, Donna, you ready? I guess, yeah. Okay, here we go. go. If you could time travel uh, for just one day, when and where would that, uh, where would you go? What would you do? Uh, 
that's a tough one, right? I mean, it's, you know, it used to be that the time travel question would lead you to say, well, I've got to say, go back in time and stop Hitler and, or something like that. Or, or maybe nowadays I'd say, go back to the 2011 press conference <laughs> at the White House thing and say, Obama, don't tell that joke, maybe stop. You know, maybe Trump wouldn't have, or maybe, who, who knows, you know, like, there's these pivotal moments. Um, but for me, I think I would go back in time and, and give myself a little bit of encouragement. Mm, okay. Yeah. Just, and we're going to learn more about that in just yes, a second. Exactly. So there we go. Give yourself yeah. a little more encouragement. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thinking about God, yeah, big topic here. Thinking about God, how... Uh, you've had quite the faith journey. How would you describe God back then versus right now? Hmm, that's a big question, I suppose. But uh, as a child, I suppose I saw God as like a more personified, probably as like a man, uh, mm -hmm. as a person almost even, but a, an all-powerful person who um, could watch me or any person on the earth and, and know exactly all these things. And so I was a little uh, scared mm -hmm. of God. It was, it was kind of a scary concept to think someone could just spy on you at any moment and knew everything, you know, if you did anything wrong. And that's, that came from the church. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, was, uh, I was raised in a Roman Catholic family. And uh, so going to church and things like that were all those very old conventions about God and, and the way he's perceived, yeah. And now, how do you perceive God? Oh, that's a much different image. Uh, and I suppose we'll get to the, the long way around that I took uh, in, the, in the following questions, but I'll just say that it's a, it's a much more hmm, nebulous idea. It's more of like a, almost like an energy or a force or a I think that there is something about the universe that wants everything to be good. And that is also God, maybe, I don't know. I guess probably you perceive love defined differently from early to now. Love? Uh -huh. Yeah, I would suppose, maybe. Um, but love and God are, I think, love comes from God. Mm -hmm. God is love, yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you've had, um, so you've had quite the journey and adventure, and we only have a finite amount of time. Right. Everybody can hear an extended Our Story conversation on the podcast, but like I said, it was finite today. So you've experienced quite a change in your life. Uh, sure. And so you, you came, to, but you came to a, a significant realization uh, that changed the course for you. And so, uh, and especially like in numerous ways, including spiritually. Mm -hmm. So how has that experience, well, just share about that. How has that experience shaped your relationship with your faith? Hmm. Well, uh, and I think that I know what you're alluding to. So um, I've known since I was a small child that there was something different about me. Mm -hmm. That uh, the way the world was treating me and the way that I felt sort of didn't match exactly and then um, when my little sister was born, then I was like, oh, wow, there's really a stark difference here between the way they're treating me and the way they're treating uh, my sister. And I was like, well, this, 
I don't like this. <laughs> um, because I w I'm trans, I'm a transgender woman. And so I've spent a large part of my life being seen uh, in a male role in society. And um, you know, I, uh, my girlhood was a boyhood, if you will. Mm. They, they you know, didn't know any better. And I, you know, my parents are very loving people and I don't fault them for that. And I was scared to say anything about this too because of the strict doctrine of the church and the way that, um, you know, gay people and things like that, especially in, this, in the 70s, um, to date myself a little bit. But uh, yeah, the, <laughs> there, was a, there was a time though where it felt like, you know, gay people were becoming a little bit more accepted in society. In the 70s, that's when the DSM uh, or the, the diagnostic of mm -hmm. uh, the, the psychiatry manual that they used to, in the 70s, the early 70s is when- Made a huge correction. Homosexuality yeah. was uh, changed from yeah. being a mental illness to um, just a, a condition that you were born with. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever, like 40 million people were instantly cured of a mental illness overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it took a lot longer for them to um, to do that same switch with with the trans transgender people, mm -hmm. and so now we know more about how um, it's something you are born with. It's 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 inherent to the way you are, um, and for me as a kid in the church, I felt angry with God for mm -hmm. making me this way. I was really upset. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I shouldn't really say anything about it either. So it was hard to like sort of keep it all down and, and not talk about it. Um, and being the, you know, faithful little kid and want to be obedient to my parents and things like that, I, st I stuck with it and did the in, the, in Catholic faith, you have like all these sacraments that you go through, you know, first communion and uh, catechism, the, the Bible classes. And so I did all of that up until I was confirmed. I did the confirmation and then, uh, and I, was, I guess that's around 12 years old or mm -hmm. something like that. And also for me in this journey, that's right around when puberty is, it's about going to happen. It's going to happen soon. And for me, this was something, oh, I was dreading because I knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I knew that my body was going to start changing in ways that I did not want. It felt like a horror movie. Honestly, mm -hmm. I was like, what am, what am I going to do? I can't do anything about this. And I didn't think there was any way to change it. You know, now we have medicine and, and, and ways to treat this. Um, well, a more open dialogue. And, and Yeah, and more awareness and yeah. more research has been done. And um, there are so many studies now that show that early and effective treatment can ease a lot of these symptoms, which I unfortunately suffered with until my late 30s. Mm -hmm. And I finally decided to um, do something about it because I couldn't take it anymore. I had kept this inside mm -hmm. until late in life. I was married um, to a, a wonderful woman and we had two children together and just, uh, I didn't want to break everything. I didn't want to break my life. I didn't want to wreck everything. So that was really hard. But back in, when I was 12 and I was getting through confirmation, at that point I thought, well, I had fulfilled everything that they wanted me to do in the church. And I, was, and I said, well, I'm not 
not really down with this anymore. Mm. I don't want to go. Because I felt like there wasn't a place for me. I felt like that I wasn't okay. Like I wasn't okay being the way I was. Mm. Because I knew from this concept of God being able to like look straight into your mind or see whatever you're doing, uh, even though I had never told anyone out loud about the, the way I felt, I knew that God knew. And I was so angry for ha- having been made this way. So you were angry at God. I'm sure you were concerned there might be judgment also from the church. For sure. That's definitely why I left. Because right. I knew that they would not react well. And so you left the church. I did. I did. I said, this is not for me. I can't do this. Mm. And my dad's family is Catholic. And so my mom actually converted when she married him. And um, so I'm from Iowa. Forgot to mention that. I'm from Iowa. And uh, I grew up in a, like a, a small town of like 12,000 people. Um, a suburb of Des Moines, so close to the big city, if you will. Um, but my mom was from a very small town, like a farming community. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the town was like 300 people, and she grew up on a farm outside that town. There were little churches in that town. I think we would go back and forth to the Lutheran one and the Methodist one when we went to visit my grandparents. And that was always a much more relaxed uh, setting. And I felt like, wow, this feels a lot less restrictive. I don't know why. You're talking about part of your faith journey, but mm. so I know that you stopped going to church, I although did. although occasionally you would step back in, but really there was not a connection, a, a continued steadfast connection. But at what yes. point finally were you able to say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to dip my toe back into this. Because you, you were right. really important here for Harmony. Yeah. Uh, and we love you so much. Well, thanks. I yeah. feel the love. Right. And I love being here. And I love all of you guys, too. So, right. thank so, you. So, but at what point did this uh, change occur where you suddenly went, okay, uh, I'm going to step back in. And it's, hopefully I don't get pounded on this. Right, yeah. I was in my 30s. It was around the time that I was, uh, okay, so, uh, yes, I was married with two children. but And then that marriage didn't last and she left and um and suddenly I was alone again and um and I felt like well okay maybe now I have time to explore whatever this is what's going on inside me um so I started to do that and meeting some new people and um uh, one of my friends that I made around that time was uh someone who goes to HUMC down Mm -hmm. in Hollywood she's my very good friend um Polly Perrette and she brought me to church. And I was really like, not, I really want me to, you want me to go to church with you? I'm not, I don't know about that. That's, um, because I'll admit that I was, I was staunchly atheist mm. at that point because I was like, no, I can't, I can't deal with any of this. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't think I can put any stock in this at all. And really kind of closed off that part of myself, the spiritual part of myself. And previous, you know, I was really in tune with that. And I felt like I could uh, really sense, you know, energy of people and the, and things like that. And so it's hard, I think, when you 
It's like if you haven't worked out for a long time and then you first are like, I'm gonna go for a jog. And then you go out there and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, your muscles are not used to it. Your lungs are not used to it. You know, so like going back, it's like using muscles that you haven't used in a long time. You're like, oh no. And maybe like, you know, we talk about church hurt mm-hmm. and things like that. So I, I bear, I bear scars. I bear some of that stuff was, you know, still very scabbed over, if you will, and stuff like that. So I had to sort of pick at it and figure out, oh, is this going to be okay or not? And am I okay with being here? And I came because of my friend. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. And I thought, well, okay, let's just zoom way out and make sure that, you know, we're not getting bogged down in the minutia of them quoting the Bible and this and that. But what is the experience like? And what I found was that it was a wonderful, loving, embracing community that that I felt comfortable in. So I came back. And that continued with me, even though I moved away to Iowa again for a few years, and then I came back. Soon after I came back, I started working for the church because they needed someone in the Hollywood uh, campus to help with office things and whatever. And I said, well, I, you know, I just got back to town and I need a job. And honestly, I had transitioned since then. And so working in the entertainment industry and things like that, I found that a lot of people that I used to work with were, were not cool with, with this. And so I found my employment options limited. I found, mm-hmm. you know, it tough to break back into the work that I was, I so love doing which is, uh, you know, film and media and things like that. So working at the church got me there every weekend, exposed to all those people, and it really did start to open up the way I felt about spirituality and things like that. So it first and foremost has been a big support system for me Mm. to have people around me who accepted me no matter what, no matter what I thought or believed or anything like that. They're like, we're just glad you're here. Well, we are glad that you're here. (laughs) Thanks. So I'm yes. glad to be here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are a wonderful example. Uh, I just, uh, I love you very much, and I know that Harmony loves you very much. Thank you. And also, thank you for your courageousness, even though through an invitation, and it goes to show all of us, an invitation is so important, right, uh, that an invitation in which you accepted to courageously step through a set of doors in which you didn't know what was going to be happening Mm. and you trusted. And I'm so uh, thankful that you have now been on this journey to end up here with us and uh, we're having the time of our lives. It's really something, yeah. Right, but also that uh, you are also an example in which uh, you bear the scars uh, and you haven't let that hold you back. Uh, that actually your scars uh, serve as an example, not only for you because they're a reminder of the past, but also they don't define your present. Exactly. Right, and that's also for us as well. So I want to thank you for just uh, living a great life and continuing to to trust God. Um, And we're just, you know, we're thrilled to have (laughs) you here. Um, So I'm going to close this with just one more question um, and then again, we get to have an extended conversation, yes. which will uh, uh, continue to flesh all this out. Later on the Harmony Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to give uh, one piece of advice for anyone who is struggling with identity, 
regardless, mm -hmm. just identity. Yes. What, what is it that you might share with them? I, I think also, especially from a faith perspective. Okay, I think that, um, well, number one, I would say come to Harmony. Come right here. Mm -hmm. Because there are people in a faith setting that will accept you regardless of who you are and your background and where you're at in life and what your trajectory is. Real acceptance, real love, like, like Jesus taught, is something that not a lot of churches are delivering these days, unfortunately. Mm. So I would say find an affirming faith community such as this one, if you're not here in LA, and give it a shot. Be open. I would say just listen and breathe. Yes, and breathe. Amen. <laughs> Let's thank Donna for being with us today. Thank, thank you. you. We love Donna, and I think it's so cool that someone who is usually behind the scenes making our live streams, our podcasts, and our online content run gets to tell her story and be such an active part of the faith community. And I am personally grateful for Donna every single week and for all of the work that she does, as well as just her personality, her encouragement, and who she is in our faith community. If you haven't yet, I'd really encourage you to get to know Donna. A couple of things before we wrap up today. First, if you want to reference the scripture passages that Pastor Mark was talking about in his message, you can check out Isaiah 42, 1 through 9. And also, I want to leave you with a challenge to reflect on what your call is. What call are you breathing into? So often we think that our calls from God have to be something to do with our faith or our ministry, but a lot of the times it can be as simple as befriending someone at work, using a skill or passion that God has given to us, or really just praying for those in need. Whatever your call is, I hope that this year you will breathe into it. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Sunday Replay. Our guests this week were Pastor Mark Stevenson, our producer, Donna Miller, and me, your host, Jace Lucas. Sunday Replay is a part of the Harmony Podcast Network from Harmony Toluca Lake, which is a campus of Hollywood United Methodist Church. You can find us on Facebook by searching Harmony Toluca Lake or on Instagram at Harmony underscore TLC. Please be sure to like, rate, comment, subscribe, download, and share this episode. And we hope you'll tune in next week for the third installment of Breathe. But until then, as Pastor Mark likes to say, peace. <laughs>